It's Yolakali. What's up? The following program was brought to you by Yolakali. Keeping it weird since 1997. Oh. Who's that? Who are you? You're not allowed to be in here. Hey, yo, somebody get their grandma. Huh? Ah! Ah! Nah, you gotta do it like this. What's Up is back with another two hours of fully youth-produced content, tapping into the matters and concerns of youth in Chicago. As well as all the crazy, wacky, tea-sipping, gossip-spilling, weird shenanigans that we, youth, get up to. Listen to your own risk, because your mind might explode. The chances are low, but never zero. So strap in, and let's get into the show! Welcome to another performance from La Masita. Remember, you are listening to WLPNLP 105.5 FM, Lumpen Radio, Chicago. We are broadcasting live from the chill space here at Yolokali Arts Reach. My name is Juno, and I'm here with Yadira. Today, we have a special guest. Milala Morena is a fusion of R&B, Latin, and alternative. She incorporates all the genres she grew up with to tell her story of being Latin in the U.S. with heartbreak and queerness. They have been performing in Chicago since 2018 and songwriting since the age of five. Not to mention, she has the best fits on the gram. Her newest song and music video, Tu Mamá También, just dropped this past month, and we can't wait to hear more of the performance today on La Mesita. But before all that, let's get to know the band a bit more. Hello and welcome, Mila and Ben. Thank you for joining us today. We are very grateful to speak with you on our show. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Before we get started, could you all introduce yourselves? My name is Mila La Morena. I'm Taylor. I'm Jade. And I'm Mike. Thanks. And how are you feeling today? I feel good. I'm tired, but we're we're good. I think it's we're feeling the coldness right now of the weather. But really excited to be here. Thank you for joining us today and for the listeners out there. What is Mila up to these days? Uh, I would say a little bit of everything right now. I've slowed down performing right now because I'm I'm trying to concentrate a little more on writing. I think like with the seasons, I kind of tend to write my music more in the winter when I'm like locked in and cold and and then like later when summer comes, we're like performing, performing, performing. But um, yeah, we're gonna hopefully get together soon and do some more songwriting. We usually go to Jade's place to do our songwriting and rec- or our practices. So we're probably gonna do that pretty soon. We saw videos of your performance last night and it looked great. What is the process of putting together a music set look like for the band? That's a good question. Do you, one of you guys wanna hop in on that? Yeah, putting together a music set, I mean, we have our repertoire of songs we know and you know, we also like to throw in our own surprises and spice it up with um, maybe a cover or you know, maybe a song that we haven't played in a while. So for the last show, one thing that we got to do was do a Pierce the Veil cover. And that was so fun. It stretched all of us to like really know our parts, be able to hold it down. Like we really put in work for that. And you know, it helps us grow um, together and grow as artists and you know, kind of fuels the inspiration for as we get into the writing process a little bit more. Yeah, and I think we kind of cater like 
the songs that we do depending on what the show is because a lot of my music is like all over the place like we have a lot of emo songs we have some like more latin traditional more reggaeton songs so like depending on the show we'll kind of tweak it so that pierce the veil one was really cool because i had like a ballet folklorico moment and i had like the falla and everything during the bulls in the bronx part so it was it was like a really perfect blend i think that show was like a really good set list, I think. Yeah, you're always really good at like tailoring the set to like the performance. Mm -hmm. Whether we're doing like the kind of comedy shows or yeah. like more of a stage club sort of date or a festival, like you always know the vibe and you always pick the best songs for it. Mm, thank you. <laughs> do you have any pre-show rituals that you like to do uh, every show? I wish we did. I wish we. I wish we. I wish we had something like more like set. We'd just be getting food, <laughs> food that like I shouldn't be eating before my show. <laughs> Lately, as like a warm up routine, I like to like whether it's in the green room or like dancing for one of the opening bands. I like yeah. to really get my heart rate up and move around and I get the agree. energy up. Because sometimes if I'm not like warming up on the instrument to get my fingers warm, like just like getting my body and my blood flowing like really helps so i like to do that and also not one. every show but also i like to drink some tea sometimes yes. beforehand yes tea in a shot <laughs> <laughs> for good luck you also got to play at rido fest this past summer and we were at whatsapp got the chance to interview backstage what was it like playing at your first ever rido fest it was crazy it was really really cool i think I started feeling the emotion of it like as soon as I like got the call and like they were like they asked me to do it. It was kind of crazy like the whole process of like oh my god they really picked me like I'm actually on this lineup with all these people I love and then being there was just yeah I mean it was the biggest stage I think everyone here has performed on question mark maybe Jade has performed on like a similar size stage but um it was uh, for some reason it wasn't intimidating but it was like damn like i was winded because i you're running like you want i like i want to use the whole stage so i'm literally like i i underestimated the cardio <laughs> that went into like literally being you know on a stage that big but um it was it was great and it made me excited to do it again like i just feel like that's just gonna be the first of like many could you tell us a little more about how the band first formed and where your passion for music comes from? Yeah, so I started going by Mila La Morena, I think in 2018, 2019? 2018, I think my first show with you was that like Berwyn, yeah. um, like street yeah. fest show. Um, it was 2018. Yeah, Jade played for my first show ever and then I literally changed my band completely because I was just convinced that no one wanted to play with me. Yeah, like, you were I playing without a bass player, that. and I was like, Mila, like, why didn't I, I get like, the call? I miss I you. I was such an amateur at the time, and I wasn't getting paid for my gig, so I felt really bad, like, asking people to play with me. Um, but then, like, slowly and surely, I kind of started substituting people out, and yeah, it, it was like a slow process. Like, Jade was definitely one of the first people, well, was my first and only bass player, actually. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> and then then Mike came and then Taylor, right? Of last. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Mike came November of last year or September of last year. Oh. Fall of last year, right? Yeah, I think the show was in November. Yeah, okay. But we started practicing yeah, like yeah, September. Yeah. Is October, end of October? 
Yeah. And yeah. I just, I wanted, my sound has evolved so much since I started. I think it was a lot jazzier in the beginning and it's become a little bit more angsty and pop punk. So I was like, I need a guitar player that can freaking play like, you know, heavy. So I was like, Mike, Mike is so diverse and in the way that he, but he keeps that energy and that's like consistent throughout all my music. And then freaking Taylor has just been amazing. It's hard to find drummers out here in Chicago and um, I needed a new drummer and Taylor's been amazing. Taylor's been a dream. They've all been like, I couldn't be happier with my band right now. Like I think our energy is like really important to me. The way that we get along and the way that we are able to just like joke around um, because I just feel, it makes me feel more comfortable on stage and that's really important to me because I'm very alive on stage. Like. I don't want someone to be watching us and be like, oh my God, they're like awkward. Like they don't even like each other. Like you can kind of tell when you see bands and they like are playing like professionally and don't actually talk to each other. Like it just loses a sense of like chemistry. And then what was the other question? <laughs> where has your passion for music, where did it come from? Um, it's It's been ever since I was young. Yeah, it was kind of crazy because my family has like no musicians. So I always felt kind of weird that I loved music so much and was kind of like just trying to find any outlet. Like I did choir in elementary school. I did show choir. I did theater. I did all these things um, and wrote music at a really young age. I started writing music, like writing little songs when I was like in third grade. And then like they were obviously so bad, but and I didn't take it super seriously. But I was just like writing like um, there was a show at the time called Unfabulous. And it's about this girl who literally like, she's in middle school and she like goes through this drama and then she like writes a song about it when she gets home. And I was like, oh my God, like I wanna do that. And so I did that. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it took like moving to Chicago and like seeing how people can just be musicians and not have to be like pop stars and like can do it just so, like anyone can do it. Like, and I think, you know, I grew up in the suburbs, so I was like, I didn't know it was possible to do music without being like a child star, <laughs> being no. famous. So it was just like, yeah, I think I think growing into it, I've just kind of found my flow with it. And yeah. When our team was listening to your music, we noticed how versatile you are with your music style, language, and it's tied to your identity. Has it been hard to incorporate your gender, culture, and queerness with the music that you and your band have created? That's a great question. Um, has it been hard? No, it's been really easy. Cause I, I, I don't know. I feel like that's the truest thing to my music. Like talking about my experiences and being myself and, you know, and again, that's why I, I love this group. Cause I think I draw so many inspirations from all of you, like in queerness and like in our music influences and then in my Latinidad. It was an important story for me to tell that I have always felt too white for the Mexicans and too Mexican for the white people. Like I've always felt just like very in between and even in being like gay or queer, like, and like also like not fully like girly, I was like, I just felt so weird. And I was like, I know I'm not the only one. Like, and I think it's important that Latinos see that they don't have to just be this hypersexual girl or machismo guy. Like it's just so, opposite ends of the spectrum so I just like I was like I'm just gonna be myself <laughs> and like stay true to it and I I see more and more artists like doing that and just being themselves and 
um, it's really great to see. How have the women in your life shaped Mila to who she is today? <laughs> My mom! Shout out, we need to um, <clears throat> so my name, I was named after my grandma, who is my mom's mom. And she, well, she died when my mom was 14, so I never met her. Um, but she was like one of the strongest women I have, I had ever heard of. She had five daughters and her husband died before my mom was born. So like, she was literally like raising five daughters forever. And so like me being named after her, I just like literally felt born with the responsibility of like carrying on her name and like being like a strong woman. And then my mom too, like she was a single mom for a long time. So I think she's taught me so much about like being okay with myself and like being a strong woman. And like, I'm so grateful that she was able to show me like that emotions are okay. And I, th I know that's a thing that's like very rare in Latino culture. Like a lot of times parents like do not want to hear you cry. Like they do not want to hear any of that. So she, she really did a great job in like showing me to stay true to my emotions and that there's strength in that and strength in like expressing myself and being like affectionate. Um, so yeah, I think she's like my biggest inspiration and, and in my way of just being and, and being like as caring as I can. That sounds great. Your new music video, Ito Mamatamien, just dropped and we loved it. Can you tell us about the process of putting it together and the decision to use bread stalls instead of Barbies? Yeah, that's great. That's a really good question. I mean, I think it's obvious why I used bread stalls instead of Barbies because, like, I think brats were just like, they looked like women of color. And I was like, stop. Like, that's so cute. And yeah, they have that sassiness that just Barbies don't. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the outfits are cute and everything. And um, I loved brats dolls when I was little. And they and got that cut crease. And the what? The cut crease. The cut crease. They always yeah, got a real nice always got eye. That nice like <laughs> yes, their their makeup is always on point. I, show me a Barbie with a with an eye like that. Right. I'm saying or lips. Right. <laughs> but um, so that's why I chose that, and I decided to do it like that because we were actually in the pandemic when um, when I was like, I want to do a video for this. I can't really. I think maybe I was like looking at like a claymation video. And I was like, I've always wanted to do a claymation. Like, I've always wanted to do a stop motion video. Um, and I was like, let me try. Like, and so I had to buy all the stuff. Like, I did it basically on, by myself. My partner helped with a little bit of it, which was so funny <laughs> to see him playing with Brad's dolls <laughs> and making them kiss. I remember, didn't you, but like, you borrowed the dollhouse. You, like, took I parchment bought it. paper I home. bought the dollhouse. And this stuff is expensive expensive y'all like i remember brats being like ten dollars they're like they're they they like don't exist anymore they're like collectibles so i think i paid like fifty dollars for ten brats like off ebay and they were like used like what's the equivalent now instead of brats dolls like those lol dolls. oh yes and they're not the, i was not about to use lol dolls like <laughs> it was not the same so it was a whole process, like even, and I had to buy like little alcohol bottles. Like I really put like a lot of like details into it and like, and the story, <laughs> even the storyline, I was like, I need to, this needs to tell a story. And um, yeah, it took, it took maybe like two months cause I was taking my time with it. 
um, and filming it because it, it was photos. It's like stop motion. So it's meh, photo, meh, photo, meh, photo, like, you know, adjusting. So it took a minute, but it was worth it. But it was super fun. <laughs> I love eBay so much. <laughs> I, I, love love eBay. <laughs> I love eBay. I just bought like a TV from there right now. That's awesome. Um, we here at Yolo love our snacks. Uh, what is the band's favorite must-have snack? You guys go first. I want to hear yours. Oh, I already know. <laughs> Give me a mic. Ego waffles. So good. I I eat at least two each day. That is a snack. I didn't expect it. So good, guys. I have like a 40 pack in like my freezer. No. You can get that's like five minutes. You don't got five minutes out of your day to put a so good. I eat those every day. That's it. Lately for me, I've been doing funyuns with hot sauce. Honestly, any kind of Doritos, any flavor. Really? Yeah, Doritos. <laughs> Every day. Every day. I don't even know mine. Cool Ranch. Cool Ranch what have I been eating? Well, spicy nacho or like. No, purple bag. Yeah. Purple bag. Purple bag. The sweet chili. The purple bag is great. <laughs> oh my god. They had them at the, <laughs> the gig. They had like a big bag of them at the gig, and I was like <laughs> eating them up, dude. My breath. Anyway. Taylor was like, this is the best show ever. <laughs> um, my favorite snack is probably... Damn, I don't really snack like that either. I feel like I also eat whole entrees and call it a Pokeball. snack. Like chicken nuggets. Like I'll call that a snack any day. A 10-piece. <laughs> you get a poke bowl every rehearsal. I, oh, wait. No, no, no. Not poke. Acai bowl. Yeah. Acai bowls are my freaking weakness. As uh, Chicagoan natives... What's your favorite spot in the city to hang? Ooh, in general. Interesting. Do you guys have any? Go ahead. I'm native to Peoria, Illinois. And um, yeah, I, in general, Peoria <laughs> is my favorite spot to hate. <laughs> oh, it's to hate? Yeah. Wait, it's hang, right? Oh. To ha not to hate. Oh. Hang out. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> cute little shout out though yeah yeah shout out to peoria um my favorite place to hang yeah i was like peoria yeah no um you know i like really going to these different arcade bars where i can play Whoa, skee ball and like i always like playing at emporium because then i can you know play some tetris and some pac-man and play a show mm -hmm. That's I like true. replay. I like, you know, all the different arcade bars. They're really fun to me. I have a question for you. Have you ever been to Galloping Ghosts? Mm -hmm. Okay, because they have a bunch of old arcade games there. Like, just a whole bunch of them. I don't know. I just feel like you'd probably like that place. I got to try it out. I got to try it, it out. Is like, south? It's, I don't know. Oh, you don't know. <laughs> I, don't know I don't know where it is. But, yeah, it's really cool. Word, word. I'm there. I'm gonna say boy sound for now because I'm just getting like hip to it a little bit. But I went this like last weekend and I enjoyed everything about it. She just turned 21. I did just turn 21. <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever. But I had such a blast. 
I mean, it's hard to choose. I just like going where my friends work at and just kind of visit them working. Because, I mean, also because I get discounts. Now, but <laughs> but it's just nice seeing my friends working and hanging out. And usually I don't get to see people too much because I work nights all the time. So, yeah, whenever I get time to go out, go visit my buddies working. I'm changing my answer. Riverside Mall. Dude, like, oh my God, I that just is my favorite there. place to be. <laughs> Catch me at Riverside Mall any weekend. I'm just, like, there forever. Just like, whoa. God, I just went there yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Mall vibes. Because I, I feel like malls are really dying, and that one's always popping. Yeah. It's always popping. But you like when people are there? At the mall? Yeah. Yeah, it's a community. It's oh, I hate when people are there. You, you, you like going to a dead mall. Yes. <laughs> I love a dead mall. Because then I have everything to myself. Like, I can take my time. I can freaking, I don't know, like, have my space. No, and not, I like, like to, fight over clothes with people. I like to eavesdrop. I like the chisme. I like, I like <laughs> the, just seeing the community, I'm like, the getting a pretzel. <laughs> no, <you haven't. laughs> and, and Riverside Mall has two Annie Ann's. Yeah. There's one on the top floor and the bottom floor. Like, okay, that's <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> You're just talking about that. Oh, Those pretzels are, like, insane. I've never had any, like, better pretzels. Annie Ann's? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'll be quick with mine. Mine's just the park, low-key. I feel like I've been really liking Horner Park. Why are you laughing? It's really big. I like watching the dogs. And I like people watching. I'm creepy. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I've been really enjoying that, actually. And also, I don't have money. <laughs> so it's free. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh what influence do you hope to have on the young creatives of Chicago? Oh, that's heavy. Um, I think more than anything, like what I was saying earlier, I think it's really important to me to show another story of Latinidad and to show like visibility in that and like make people feel good in whatever and however they express themselves, like gender-wise, sexuality, even if like, you know, the Latinos that don't know Spanish, like I do speak Spanish and English, but you know, I'm not like crazy fluent in Spanish. Like I'll be corrected by, you know, Mexicans or my family at home in Mexico, like any day. So I think more than anything, it's just to show them like that they can do the same thing and you don't have to look like everybody else, you know, that we're seeing in media to follow your dreams. Are there any future projects that we should be looking out from Mila La Morena? Like, yes, I'm like just trying to think of what it is. I think I think I have a single coming. Um, <laughs> I have a single coming. I think it'll either be the end of this month or early December. Um, it's going to be called Un Poquito, and it's going to have a music video with it, too. I'd be not knowing. <laughs> Thank you for your time, Mila. Are there any final thoughts you would like to share with the audience? Just thank you. Thank you for your time and thank you guys for the program. Like, I'm like, I don't know, I'm a really big fan of Yolo Cali and like every time I go to Pilsen, like I'm always just so happy to be in this area. My mom like moved us from the city to the suburbs when I was really young and I'm always like so jealous of you guys. I'm like, oh, I like, I think about it all the time how different my life would be if I w was surrounded by Lat like a lot of Latinos my whole life and how much more happy I would be in accepting myself. And I think I would have accepted myself a lot sooner. So I want to thank you guys and I hope you guys feel like happy that you're a part of this program. 
We are. Um, <laughs> and where may the listeners find like your music or future events and stuff like that? Yeah, Spotify, Instagram. I'll post like everything. So if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see my shows and everything, and I'll I'll announce my my songs and all that, and also TikTok. Thank you all, and thanks to our listeners. Don't forget, we're here live at La Mesita at Yolo Cali. Don't go anywhere. Up next is a performance by Mina La Morena. Remember, you are listening to WLPN LP 105.5 FM, Lumpen Radio Chicago, broadcasting from the chill space here at Yolo Cali. <laughs>
que nunca me hables así Cabrón que nunca pienses en mí Baby you are dead to me You chose your own destiny so how you liking the taste of me content think you got the best of me i'll let it be cause you're gonna learn gonna learn that you can't be the other woman and win cause boys don't give a shit no he didn't give a shit about either of us you could give the boy world anything that he wanted then he gets bought by another you lost where did I go wrong? No, honey, y'all just don't belong. Oh, no. Sagitario.
personajes principales en este cuento Conexión tan fácil como rompecabezas, mami Mami, I've just got to know Oh, Sagitario, Sagitario Extraordinario, extraordinario Vamos a una aventura We've got all of the time in the world So what you gonna do? Thank you again for having me. Don't know why I 
the conclusion of our program brought to you by the fine folks at oh not you again no and yo who let her back in ah, 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 ah! and that's a wrap 
We hope you enjoyed whatever it is you just heard, heartwarming interviews, tear-jerking stories, magnificent music, and the sound of our voices. Because God knows that this is the best content on the airwaves. Don't forget to follow YOLO on all their social medias at YOLO Kali. And you can find all our audio content on SoundCloud, MixCloud, and Apple Podcasts. We bougie like that. Well, that's it. Bye. See you next Saturday from 12 to 2 p.m. for another episode of What's Up? What's Up? What's up?